Tom Lee from NEGM Catalyst, and we're talking today with Griffin Myers, who is the Chief Medical Officer for Oak Street Health, uh, a very interesting startup company that uh, is doing very great work and has appeared in NEGM Catalyst multiple times in multiple ways. And today, uh, we're going to be talking with Griffin about uh, his work, that of his co-founders, and how the business model has been evolving. Uh, now, Griffin, at the very beginning, before you opened your doors, you and I talked and you told me the business model for Oak Street was going to be delivering the world's best primary care to the poorest, sickest elderly patients. I was impressed and, frankly, I was kind of worried. But here you are six years later, and Oak Street is thriving and growing. I'm not sure the word startup is appropriate anymore. I know you've learned a lot. And I'm grateful that you're willing to share some of these lessons with our audience today. But let's have you start by talking for just a couple of minutes describing O Street for any of our audience who might not be familiar with your organization and comment on whether that still is your basic model. Sure, yeah, uh, Tom, appreciate you having me on behalf of the team. So you're right, it may have sounded insane, uh, but it does in fact work. We started the organization really with a mission of rebuilding healthcare as it should be, and we thought it should be three things. Uh, we thought it should be uh, personal, which is the shortened word that we use for evidence-based, just because it sounds a little better. It should be personal, it should be equitable, and it should be accountable. Um, so for those three things to be true, uh, you got to deliver evidence-based care. you got to deliver it to everybody, regardless of who they are and, and their ability to pay. And then, interestingly, we talk about being accountable, um, and that sounds good in and of itself, but it actually is what allows us to have the model work. Um, so it's probably worth giving a little bit of an introduction to Oak Street and, and what it is that we actually do. Um, we are now a network of 25 fully value-based primary care centers um, headquartered in Chicago, but with centers in, in Detroit, Indianapolis, a few other spaces around the Midwest, and then soon Cleveland and Philadelphia to open over the next couple of months. Um, in those 25 centers, we have a full-risk, fully globally capitated model taking care of um, patients on Medicare and Medicaid, uh, mostly duals. Duals is the most common population, the, the biggest part of the population, but also includes Medicare Advantage, traditional Medicare in an ACO product that we've built, um, and full-risk Medicaid as well. We take care of about 43,000 people at this point. Um, the entire team is about 1,200. Um, and the medical group, the, the folks who license providers who make medical decisions on behalf of our patients is um, about 150 people. And it's also probably just wrapping it up in terms of thinking about how we judge success, which really, what, what is the impact we're having? We talk about keeping patients happy, healthy, and out of the hospital, and we can get into all three of those things, but feel like, um, you know, we have a 92% net promoter score, so our patients are happy. We're a five-star practice on the, the HEDA scale, so we're uh, high quality delivering evidence-based care. And then thirdly, we've cut the hospital admission rate by over 40%. That's not only good for patients, but those savings then are what we use to invest in making the model bigger and better as we go over time. Well, addressing social determinants health is clearly critical for your population. Now, for the most in health care, I have to say it's kind of like the weather. I mean, we all talk about it, but we don't do much about it. So what's your take? Like, how are you building the addressing of social determinants into your model? So it's funny you ask. This actually um, initially was was trouble trouble for us um, just in terms of how we think about it because you know what everybody else wants to use to describe Oak Street is that we're a primary care practice and we get that we understand why that is internally at Oak Street we 
don't even say that. Uh, we actually refer to ourselves as a social determinants practice, and primary care is a part of that. But there was a piece of literature early on, um, and I'll give away that, that I'm an MGH trainee, um, that the Shattuck lecture given in GH in 2007 was um, given by a gentleman from UCSF, and it was really formative to Mike and Jeff and I, and it has been to our entire team um, since we launched the business, but was really this idea that when you look at what determines morbidity in this country, 80% of that has nothing to do with the quality of health care received. Um, and so it means that, that effectively for those of us in the healthcare system, we know the 80-20 rule and we're focusing on the 20 and not the 80. Um, so we really built our model very specifically, you know, to, to address social determinants. And then obviously where, where primary care is required and can help, we do that. Um, and there are a few examples I'll give you. I mean, I think, number one, um, our centers don't look like primary care centers. They don't look like health centers. They're not located in medical office spaces. They're very specifically built in the neighborhoods we serve, um, in high traffic areas where people live and work and play, uh, not necessarily where they go to get health care. And as a part of that, every one of our centers has a community center and open to the community with a self-serve cafe and a computer lab and an event space. And so even from the space of the building and where we put the buildings, you know, that tells you a little bit about our orientation being far more about community um, and, and what goes on outside the exam room. The second thing is we offer transportation to and from our, our centers. Now, I will tell you that initially we didn't do that. Um, there's no CPT code for that. Um, this is something that's really enabled and powered by our value-based model, but we did it, and I think we are nice people, Tom, but we didn't do this because we're nice people. We, we did it because a lot of our patients weren't making it to clinic. They couldn't get there, and if we can't intervene, then they're going to go to the hospital, and we have to pay those bills, and, and so we did it because it was the right thing, and it's what our patients needed, and I think the third thing is really more what we're working on now than what we currently do. Um, we actually do quite a bit to support our patients in terms of finding stable housing and finding access to healthy food, but um, not only are there some, some limitations on what we can do from a compliance standpoint, and, and tons of credit to, to CMS on you know new value-based insurance design and things like that that are really going to open up what we can do, uh, we're spending a lot of time working with our community partners on helping people find um, access to housing. Um, we're doing a lot of work to, um, you know, host produce uh, sales at our community centers and things like that. And increasingly over time, this is our number one focus, is what can we do um, to bring the things that we know our patients need that may be outside the exam room rather than on the inside. Um, but the good thing for us in all of this is that you got to have the right business model to be able to do it. Uh, there is no CPT code for healthy food. So the good news is that we feel like we're a long way down the path in having a business model that allows us um, you know, to invest in what we know patients actually need. And I think folks who don't have that um, are likely to be left behind. Well, when we get into the nuts and bolts of how your organization works, I hear you talk about patients a lot, about teams a lot, but I actually don't hear you talk that much about doctors. Uh, have you replaced them all with non-physicians or most of them? Uh, they don't seem to be the unit of analysis for you that they are in other organizations. Well, that probably means I don't brag enough on, on the medical group because they're obviously a core, a core piece of what we do. So if they're listening, um, you know, lesson learned. Look, my, a big part of my job is to build, develop, and support that medical group. I mean, it's 150 experienced, committed, really diverse professionals. Um, but it's interesting, right, because, like, when you look at the balance sheet, there's not a line item for medical group or for really talented physicians, nurse practitioners, psychiatrists, podiatrists. 
you know, those are those are expensed on the income statement of salaries. But if accountants let us capitalize it, um, far and away for us at Oak Street, um, the most valuable thing, the most expensive and therefore most valuable thing we have would be the capitalized wisdom and experience of our medical group. Um, and I think the third piece is that we focus a lot on investing in and developing that medical group to make them not only higher quality, um, but but frankly, give them joy back in their practice and, and help deliver better outcomes for our patients. I think three examples of that are, are, you know, every one of our providers, physicians, nurse practitioners, everybody has a full-time scribe. Um, actually, something we, we wrote up in the Catalyst not too long ago um, to support them. The second is we invest a ton in education, uh, whether it's on leadership and team building skills, because everybody's got a quite large team that they practice with in, in their care team, uh, or or chronic disease training and, and things like continuing medical education. And then the third is around, you know, really leadership, because as, as we grow, um, you know, having great clinically trained leaders who understand value-based care is really important. So, um, you know, it is crucial. I think that accounting example demonstrates it, and we spend a lot of time investing in it. But um, I think what you may be getting at with the question is, is, is the platform, which is what are the things that are, go around our medical group that would really allow us to do this and, and frankly, make, make you ask the question of, like, if this is much about the physicians here as it is elsewhere. Um, I'd, I'd say a couple things. I think first is um, if what we were doing at Oak Street was taking the top, and we have a great team, like I said, but if all we were doing was taking the top 1% talent from other groups, they came to Oak Street, that other group got worse and we got better, um, that actually didn't change the healthcare system. And the second thing is it's definitionally not scalable. So what we've seen over time is folks, you know, practitioners who share our values around evidence-based medicine, around health equity, around accountability, if they can join us, and because of the tools and the platform that we have at Oak Street, they get better, well, now we have something. And that's really what we're trying to build. And a lot of the results that we see are so consistent across clinic, across region, across market, uh, time and space that you know, very statistically robust findings that suggest to us that platform is a real thing and delivers very consistent results. And b- before I, you know, I think the best way to wrap it up, which is that I think there are three, three pretty important implications of this. Um, number one is, you know, in a traditional fee-for-service model, you've got non-clinicians often, um, executives, I think in a lot of cases, um, asking clinicians to do more work and drive up RVUs, and it creates conflict. And so in a fee-for-service model, you know, your return on assets comes from getting more out of the workforce. In our model, which is a fully value-based model, like our return on assets comes from our teams building relationships with patients, creating behavior changes, driving better outcomes, and creating a surplus. So the first implication is that I think it, it aligns our incentives as a leadership team with our clinicians in a really unique way. The second thing is, and, and this is where I'm, again, maybe off the, the reservation in terms of peer-reviewed evidence, but um, I'm convinced that a big part of the burnout that we see in, in this country, and actually globally, in, in folks who have the privilege of taking care of patients, comes from this conflict or this disconnect between values and, and the environment. Um, you know, I had this as a, as a medical student where I'm, I'm told that if I'm not, um, you know, a certain subspecialized uh, provider with a, you know, ideally with a scalpel in my hand, my work's not as important. Um, or even worse to say, you know, rather than taking care of patients delivering great care, my job's to deliver a finished signed chart. Um, those 
what that does is it separates the values of I want to invest my skill and training to take better care of people from what I feel like I'm doing during the day. And we don't see that. And, you know, we do a, a blinded survey at Grand Rounds every quarter here at Oak Street and find, you know, 98% of our clinicians in a blinded survey say this is the best place they could find to, to practice medicine. Um, that 96% say this is the place they would recommend to their residency colleagues to practice. So. I think that that ability to address the burnout in a value-based model is almost inherent and I think something valuable. And the third is not just avoiding burnout. I think it's genuinely about putting joy back in the practice, that we have an ability at Oak Street to celebrate great outcomes and celebrate the stuff that we want to celebrate that we didn't previously have. I get emails forwarded to me all the time of teams sort of virtually high-fiving each other for great teamwork that allows somebody to either stay at home or avoid a readmission or um, have a really special experience with a patient that I wouldn't otherwise see that I think comes from this sort of integrated model. But, um, you know, you started that by asking about how important are, are are physicians in this practice, and they're hugely important and I think nicely complemented by the platform. Well, let's turn as we close to some lessons learned for leaders. Uh, I know from following uh, all along that the Oak Street case sounds fabulous, but it's been hard. Uh, why has it been so hard? And, and when what you're doing so clearly better than business usual for patients and for, for, for providers and for payers, uh, it, it has taken you um, a while to really get to a, a really stable footing. What are the key messages you would like to share about the nature of this kind of work for leaders of other healthcare organizations? I, I love this question. I, there are three like really specific things that come to mind. Um, I think the first is, um, you know, I think we would call it change management or leadership, but I think it's really like the ability to share the optimism we have for, around our values, around equitable access to accountable care. Uh, it's an incredible, I mean, I think it's an incredibly exciting time, and there's so much pessimism out there that, I think just in general, the status quo wants you to fail, and we had a long, and it's, it's decreasing over time because of the proof of the pudding, but I think it used to be very, very hard to convince people that they should share our optimism for what's possible under these value-based models. You know, the second thing is real simple. It, it's just capital intensive. I mean, I think it's natural that everybody wants to start by an app uh, because software by its very nature is not as expensive to build and develop. And as much as I wish you could download the Oak Street Care Model from from the App Store, uh, you can't. And it's just been, you know, it's just a, it's hard and slow work. Um, I think the third piece is really, you know, it, it's really a, a thing around complexity. The best comparison I can give you is that you know NASA has very few astronauts, but a whole lot of non-astronauts. Um, it requires a lot of expertise. I mean, we at Oak Street need people who are great clinicians. Um, you know, we need people who, who are great operationally. We need great actuaries. We need great developers. Um, you know, we need people who are experienced in health plans. Uh, we need folks who have run delegation audits and, and have done delegated care management and know how claim systems work. And so it's really, if you think about our, our frontline practitioners, the astronauts, and there's just a whole bunch of us behind there trying to help them accomplish the mission, and there's a lot of complexity behind it. Um, so the three things that I think come from those three hard things I would share is, number one, are that it's, it's not magic. There's nothing in the water. It's far more about the platform. 
um, and the routines and architecture of the practice than, than, than just magic or some, some cultural phenomenon. The second thing is um, we've learned to embrace the complexity uh, that we see in the healthcare system. And I think there are a lot of folks waiting on the sidelines saying, you know, this value-based care thing, they're going to solve it, and I'm going to wait until they just give me the simple answer. And there are millions and millions of transactions going on in the healthcare system every day. We are convinced every one of them has an opportunity to be made more, more value-based. And, and so we think that's going to be far more complex rather than simpler. And, you know, the, the last thing is that I, I look, I don't know where we are in the process, but when people ask how far along are we at Oak Street in this transition and what does this mean for the rest of the system, um, we think we are a lot further along um, you know, sort of people ask, what inning are we in as we transition to these new models of care? Uh, we think we are a lot further along, uh, seventh inning, not second inning kind of stuff. But, but the last thing I would say is, I, again, we started with optimism. This is way better for patients, and we're seeing it in their outcomes. And just appreciate how many folks there are out there in all kinds of organizations, like Oak Street and not like Oak Street, um, changing what they do to help take better care of patients. Well, Griffin, you and your colleagues have a lot to be proud of, and uh, you've shared a lot of wisdom today. I hope that people will try reading the transcript to digest it more. Uh, I want to thank you for your time today, and you can be confident that we'll be tapping into the uh, lessons learned by you and your colleagues for years to come. Well, thanks for having us, Tom, and um, yeah, thanks for the conversation.